Welcome to the Leader Byte Podcast, hosted by Chester Goat. Bite-sized conversations about leadership, learning, and life. Any topic is fair game here, because committed leaders bring it all to the table. Here's your host, Chester Goad. Hey, so what's up, everybody? It's great to be back on LeaderBot. I have been out of town. I've been in Atlanta speaking. I've been in Orlando speaking. And today, I get to speak to uh, one of my favorite speakers. Nancy Hamilton has spent 25 years investing her life in people. I know this because I have known Nancy for most of my life. Um, and from serving and leading people in nonprofits, Lifeway Christian Resources, in churches in Tennessee, Arkansas, and Texas, and now as a small business leader. Nancy has a passion in helping others develop their unique giftedness and using their gifts to influence others. And we're going to get into all this and a whole lot more in just a second. But first, let's welcome Nancy Hamilton. Thank you, Chester. It's nice to be here. I'm glad you're on with me. This is so fun. It is fun. I'm excited. Yeah. <laughs> uh, y'all, it's almost like I never get a chance to really interview someone who is a very close friend. I mean, mm-hmm. I've known most of the people that I've interviewed, but and, and some of them I haven't. But it's a little different feel when you get to interview a friend. So thanks yeah. for being with me today. Thank you for the opportunity. Nancy uh, is all about investing her time, Mm -hmm. and so I appreciate the time that she's invested with us today. Thank you, Chester. Yeah. So first, you and I, we've known each other for a very long time. We have a very long time. (laughs) But for the listeners out there, give us a little bit of information about your... R&R, you're raising and you're rearing in okay. the South. And, you know, where do you come from? What was that like? And really anything you want us to know. Okay. Uh, I grew up in a very rural, uh, small community in East Tennessee. Uh, just good, hard working people. Uh, just really small community where family was important, friends were important. And um, I would say I probably lived a pretty simple life. Um, had a very close family circle. And so uh, it's in those situations and experiences that I really began to understand understand what leadership was like, not then, but now, yeah. uh, and how the, how those really meaningful childhood experiences can really develop and form into lifelong relationships and uh, lasting impressions on people. Absolutely. And you're very good at that. I um, One of the things that you just said just cracks me up because you're like, I think I've just lived a simple life. <laughs> but what people don't know is Nancy's done a lot of really cool stuff. Um, and so I hope that we, we can get into that a little bit too, but you, uh, a person of humility. And um, I really appreciate that. And I understand about growing up in a rural yes, area. You, you know, yes, I mean, we you. y'all have to understand we know each other's, you know, our family backgrounds, everything. We've been around each other a lot. So we have a lot in common. We do. Mm-hmm. And uh, and that's one of the reasons that I, I've wanted to reach out to you uh, to be on here. And, you know, we it took, it's taken us a while to a schedule bit. this. Yes, yeah, yes. but uh, it feels really good. So to what extent, like you were talking about your raising and in the South, um, for people who, who aren't from here, raising and rearing is very important. It is. It's, it's a family fair. is important. Uh-huh. And food is important. Values, absolutely. Uh (laughs) All those things are important. So to what extent has your raising and rearing really helped develop that leadership? Yeah, I would have to say, honestly, it was the foundation for really my whole life. Mm. At the time, I didn't realize it, but uh, we were taught to work hard and to participate in people's lives right. and to involve ourselves just in the community where we were. My family modeled that. And so even as a child, as a young person, seeing that, I think what it did is set really a foundation for how my life could look like and really give me opportunities to really kind of live out whatever it is I was good at. And mm-hmm. so uh, I think it was very foundational. Yeah. Uh, and I'm, I'm really thankful for it. Well, and you 
you had a family that really supported you in these sorts of things, especially your grandma. You've told some awesome grandma stories and things like that. You want to expand on that just oh, a little sure. bit? Sure. Uh, my mamaw. Mm-hmm. Um, we was, all say mamaw here in the that's South. That's right, mamaw. Uh, her name was Loni Hamilton, and she had a fourth grade education. Mm-hmm. Uh, she was a deep woman of faith, and she was kind of the glue that held our family together. And uh, even though she couldn't really read well, she read the Bible through many times and just really modeled uh, what service looked like for people. She loved people well. And so um, a lot of the sayings I say <laughs> and a lot of things that I find myself thinking about are things that she taught me about just putting people first mm-hmm. and really loving people well, leaving people better than you found them, really. Mm-hmm. And she modeled that. Um, so I'm really blessed to have had a wonderful grandmother who uh, lived her life in such a way that when people looked at her, they thought, wow, uh, she has a life that could be emulated in a real mm-hmm. simple way. I love that. And did she is she the person responsible for teaching you to cook as well? Or She's tried. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she, yeah, yeah. Um, her, her kitchen uh, was always kind of a place of community, mm-hmm. uh, a fellowship. I mean, either we we were washing dishes or cooking something, and mm-hmm. she was a great cook. People knew her in the community as a wonderful cook. And so that's how she really served people, by being hospitable to them. Mm-hmm. And so that's one of the things I love to do, and I, I feel like God has really gifted me to do. And yes. so I have to really attribute that because of her influence in my life. I'm really thankful for her. For her. Absolutely. Wow. That's a, that's really cool. And for people who don't know out there, um, one of the one of the ways that Nancy's, Nancy loves people is through hospitality and really reaching out. And, and it's... I don't I don't know. Would you say that in the South, that's a, that's a place that's where fellowship is around the table often? I think so. Yes. And I think just in small communities, small groups of people where you're really engaging with others around you. And a lot of time you hear this phrase now, kind of life on life. You're just living life through the good, bad and the ugly mm-hmm. and just trying to be there for one another. And I, for my life and I saw it modeled in my family, that's really kind of how we did life. And it just kind of set the standard and the precedent for life today, I think. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And we, and you know, even loving people through food, you know, I can remember. Yes. Um, I can remember my mom when we were growing up. We had some neighbors that we we were really not good friends with. I mean, we did we didn't spend a lot of time with them, but they had a death in the family. Yes, and I remember my mom wrapping up food and saying, "You take this food across absolutely. the street and you give this food to yes. them." Yes, <laughs> kind of a ministry. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And believe you me, I can. I can. I coconut cake can really minister to me in all kinds of ways. <laughs> me too, and you've yes. ministered to me with that before. That's, <laughs> yes, that's really good yeah. stuff. That's really good stuff. All right. So, when did you? When would you say? you actually started cutting your leadership teeth. I mean, I suspect someone with your personality has, I know you've always been able to work a room, but when did you realize, or when did your peers realize for that matter, that you had some leadership qualities? Well, let me just kind of preface this by saying, I think it really started with my dad Mm. um, because my dad was always the kind of parent that would say, you know, you take responsibility, step in there, don't be afraid, take risk. He modeled that for himself. And so we saw that and I thought it really made me kind of have this momentum to say I can really just jump in there and try to figure it out. Um, But I'd say probably the first time that I really realized that I was actually leading was just in a small country church, uh, Mm. leading vacation Bible school, and I was put over in charge of the children. And I'm like, um, you know, I was a teenager myself, but having uh, role models and a pastor and his wife that really believed in me, I think set really set the um, kind of the foundation for that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then just as my peers began to look, you know, when, when they would have problems or troubles, um, they would kind of come to me. I was kind of known as the counselor. <laughs> <laughs> I can the, see that. The therapist, you know. Uh-huh. And so um, while I definitely have an opinion about things, um, I just kind of had a way that I could listen to people. And so uh, I think that really probably when I was about 15 or 16, saw the potential of where leadership could really land in my life. Gotcha. Gotcha. Now, I got to know you in college, but you actually also started leading 
well before that. Um, what's your earliest memory or of a challenge in leadership? Okay. Uh, probably the challenge really um, started when I was about 16 and 17 years old. Okay. I was on a team of young women across the state of Tennessee and uh, we were part of a missions organization throughout the state called Actines. And so we actually led a huge conference uh, for about 3,000 teenage girls across our state. And so for me to look at that and think, wow, here I am, just a small country girl from East Tennessee that could have the capacity to really lead those mm -hmm. people. We were responsible for planning it, uh, getting people together, getting folks to come speak, those kind of things. I think that was the, probably the first I remember. But I remember just... Um, seeing God really show up in that at that place as a teenager and just thinking, wow, he really has great things in store for any of us who really kind of submit to his calling and his will. He does. Would you say that most of your leadership has been within the context of faith-based leadership? It has. Most of it has, uh, from working in a local church mm -hmm. uh, to working on ministry boards, serving on ministry boards, nonprofits, right. um, and even Christian trying to influence Christian schools and that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. So most of it has until recently where um, I've kind of branched out a little bit and I work in higher ed now, and I love it uh, <laughs> because you can really be uh, influential to people just of all, all, all kinds and all ways and all methods mm -hmm. because they're looking for hope. That's true. Now, for you guys who are listening out there, Nancy's pretty... She's pretty modest and humble, and she won't brag on herself too much, so we're going to do a little bit of that here. But um, you've got some pretty, pretty, um, what I would call pretty good faith-based leadership street cred, I yes. think. Um, and that tells us Tell us a little bit about that, because um, I believe that is really a strong part of who you are, mm -hmm. um, even though you are doing, you know, maybe more secular and business work and things like that. Mm -hmm. Your foundation was that. So tell me a little bit about that and some roles that other roles that you've had, because didn't, didn't you do some college ministry and things like that as well? Yes, yeah. I, I did. What started uh, kind of the kind of the large uh, ministry role was when I was in college, I worked for these camps called Centrifuge and Infuge, mm, when basically mm -hmm. a lot of teenagers go to these camps across the sun in the summer. And not only did I do it here in the United States, but across the world and really wow. trying to develop relationships with uh, people who are on the field serving mm -hmm. to try to help them accomplish their mission and their goals. And then uh, that kind of uh, led into some organizational work with um, some state conventions, as well as Life of Christian Resources, doing events uh, for student events and adult events with, you know, for um, folks like, you know, Priscilla Shire, they do that now, and mm -hmm. Beth Moore and those kind of things. So sure. um, getting to work in that arena, and then as well as serving um, at a pretty large church in Arkansas that is really uh, kind of their claim to fame is to plant churches, mm -hmm. uh, to be able to be in, inside of that uh, leadership um, globe to, so that you can kind of just see how, how to really things work outside mm -hmm. of uh, the business world and that kind of thing. It just has really painted a unique perspective for me about my life and influence and leadership. Yeah. Well, and you know, uh, I think both of us have been on staff at churches before and I mean, that's just a different animal in itself, it is. isn't it? I mean, uh -huh. now you're, now you're a business in the business world. Um, so we'll have to, I'll have to maybe explore that a little bit more because sure. there's definitely some interesting things, but I wanted to mention you, you mentioned Infuge and our family is going to Infuge next oh, summer. Right, right, yeah, that's yeah. great. So great. we're really yeah. excited about um, getting getting kids involved with missions. That's and things wonderful. Like that. So mm -hmm. that's really good. Do you do you think that, um, or how would you how would you compare working for a business and working for a church? Wow. <laughs> well, <laughs> I've uh, gone off script, Nancy. I know I, I threw I know out some things really that have. I might. 
I'm not prepared for that. Um, well, I do think that there's some similarities um, because a lot of times churches are really at the end, they are a business. Mm-hmm. But I think you have to think about the faith-based component of that. Um, but I think th- there are some differences. I think um, maybe the kinds of people that are interact with mm-hmm. you are, are different. Um, they have different customers. Th- yes, right. Different customers, <laughs> we do. Uh, and I, I think even just the approaches that you have to think about and um, meeting that customer's needs is mm-hmm. really is really key. Yeah. yeah. And protecting your approach with people because when it comes down to it, you mentioned, you know, it is it is a business ultimately. I mean, you're, you have a goal, you have a mission, yes. you're trying to meet those things. Um, but I think for me, just remembering that, you know, it's all about people. It is all about people. It really Wherever is. you go. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, one thing I want people to know about you is that you're somebody who has taken on not only official roles, like we've talked about, but you've always been seemed to be the kind of person who just jumps in wherever there's a need mm-hmm. and you step up and you take on some leadership when you're not even officially on staff, but you but you may as well be sure. you may as well be drawing a check from from whatever <laughs> group it is. But why is service and serving so important to you? I think service is important to me because it's a tangible way that people can see how much you love and care for them. Mm. And I think by meeting their needs, whatever needs there are, uh, that I think people begin to see kind of who you are and your motive and your purpose. And uh, I think serving is really just the foundation of our lives. We're called to serve other people. And um, that's what it means for me. It's 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 everything that I do and what I want to do and am called to do. Mm-hmm. Okay, so let's take that a little bit deeper. Uh, no matter where we serve, we're, we're all human. We just kind of touched on that a little bit. We're serving alongside other humans. Mm-hmm. That's right. <laughs> and we've both learned through the years that humans are not perfect. That's we're right. not perfect. <laughs> right. And the people around us are not perfect. Right. So is, is that a fair assessment to say that there's no different inside and outside the church service? I don't really think there's much difference at all. Mm-hmm. People are people wherever you go. Yeah. And people have needs and hurts and uh, hangups. And so I think having to work through all that, I mean, people are people wherever you go. They are. They are. Yeah, that's that's interesting. Um, so you and I, we both have similar background backgrounds. we got a lot of friends in common or where some of the same challenges, not only outside the church, but within the church. So number one, what would you say are some of the common issues that the leaders inside and outside the church face? And then number two, the backup for that is why would you say, uh, what would you say is the most surprising thing you've learned on the human side of that? Um, I think probably the thing I have learned the most um, is really about not having vision. I think sometimes we have a uh, mismatched vision and plan to accomplish that. And Mm. I think people, I I find that one of the greatest challenges to leadership is really uh, an unclear vision is really key. Um, And I think what I've learned from that and watching other people around me that I respect and admire is, is that in order to have a vision, you got to know what you're, what you're purposeful about and Mm. you have to know the resources it's going to take to get you there. And, Another thing about leaders is that they, those kind of leaders, is that they're always learning something new, mm-hmm. I think is really key. And they're finding practical ways and applications to their own situation, depending on whatever they're reading, looking at, that kind of thing. So yeah, I think I yeah. think that is a challenge. Yeah. Um, the second part is uh, the most surprising thing is um, kind of the hierarchy of the church sometimes. Mm. We tend to put the pastor at the top and feel as a pastor or staff member do not make mistakes. And I think um, as a naive 20-year-old, um, <laughs> I really didn't think that my pastor or someone over over me in authority could have um, be imperfect or make mistakes. 
And as well, you and I well know, um, we see that all the time. Oh, and sure. so yeah. I think what it does is seeing that kind of gives me more compassion for those around me who are in those roles and who've experienced that. Mm. Well, and going back to something that you said about, you know, we were talking about the approaches of service inside and outside the church. And you said there is really no difference. And we need to remember that because yes. um, authenticity is really important, yes. and and so we shouldn't make a distinction really between who we are, mm-hmm. you know, within our service of the church and within right. our service outside in our jobs. We do sometimes, That's right. you know, we yeah. role play a little mm-hmm. bit, we you know, do. but um, but but authenticity is huge because you were talking about you know people make me make mistakes and leaders make mistakes and you know not being prepared to understand that leaders that people who are over us do that. Um, but we all make mistakes. Right. We do. You know. And I think even to something that happened today, I was talking with a student I teach higher ed and I had made a mistake and everything in me did not want <laughs> to say I'm sorry, but I had made a mistake. And when I said, you know, I just need to tell you that I'm sorry and I hope you'll forgive me. Can we start over again on this new project? And it, what it did was open up a door of new mm. communication mm-hmm. and that student seemed to have more um, openness toward me and trust, I believe. Yeah. So it really authenticity is, is key. Yeah. And I think that student probably said, Oh, she's human like me. Absolutely. You know, Absolutely. Yes. <laughs> all right. So without going into, into too much detail, is there, you know, I mean, you can share as much as you want to, but sure. I don't want you to feel like you have to, but um, is there a disappointment or a disillusionment? I mean, we've all been disillusioned a little bit with, with faith and church at, at different times in our lives and in different situations because people are human. Yeah. Um, but is there a specific disappointment or disillusionment scenario that you have personally experienced that, has been tough to accept. Sure. Yes, I think of a, a couple, uh, maybe even the most recent, about a year ago, I had a really hard situation come to me and um, the person in authority over me had made a decision about concerning something and it was very hard to take because it wasn't the way I wanted it to be mm. nor the way it should have been. Uh-huh. And um, and what was so difficult was that this person I trusted and, and served alongside we had been friends for, you know, 10, 15 years, sure. you know, that's when it's hard. It's when it's hard. We knew each other and uh, we know each other well and we work together well. And, um, but I think even thinking about that situation, it was very hard to accept and it was very hard for me personally. Mm-hmm. But then I had to believe that if something like that was allowed to happen, then perhaps maybe there's some kind of purpose in it. Mm-hmm. And so I think it gave me some perspective uh, now that I'm not all involved in it, but just to kind of pull myself away and say, okay, what have I experienced here and what can I use from that experience uh, to really impact other people? Um, you know, you always hear that the biggest mess of our lives always becomes the biggest message. And, <laughs> that's true. Um, yep. But I think that's where it, it kind of relates back to that authenticity. When people really see who you are and that you're willing to stand up again and, and mm-hmm. just step back into, into the game, uh, I think it gives people courage and hope. Oh, I do too. I think it's hard to see the purpose when you're waist deep in a mess. Yes, absolutely. You know, yes, <laughs> when absolutely. you're waist deep in it, you're like, I don't, I don't understand this. And as you start stepping away from it, you get off of it, get it off of you. You, you step away, and you, and you maybe you dry yourself off, clean yourself off, and you're like, okay, maybe I see it now. Yes, absolutely. Or maybe you'll see more of it. Yes. And I mean, I've had things that I still wonder to this day why yes. they happened. Yes, but it's easier to look for the purpose in it. Does that right. make sense? And I, I think even too, Chester, you can, I think I'm learning as I'm growing older and getting hopefully a little bit more experienced and seasoned mm-hmm. with leadership is that you have to give people room to make mistakes right? and, uh, and agree to disagree on lots of things. Mm-hmm. And so I think kind of that's where I am thinking, okay, you still want to value the person, even though maybe you not do not really uh, agree with their decision. Mm-hmm. I think you sort of have answered this, but is uh, why do you think it's hard to come 
to terms with the disappointment, especially in another person in leadership. Well, I think we have sometimes put people on pedestals mm, yeah. and um, we think maybe one particular way about them. And maybe when it comes down to it, when it concerns other things outside their organization or the church or the business uh, that, you know, it tends to not go that way. So I think we put a lot of faith in people that we love and care for and, but we've got to understand that people are, are human and they make mistakes just like we do. So how do you overcome it, though? I okay. mean, how do you decide between digging in and also stepping away? Well, I think I personally have to think about, OK, where where what situation or where am I in this situation where I can make the most impact? Um, and are my actions or my behaviors or my attitudes able to change the situation? Mm-hmm. And when I realize I've done all that I can do. Uh, and can't do anymore. I think we have we have another choice, but to kind of step back and say, okay, we kind of have to move on right. and see what we can learn from that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's that's true. That's a good point. If you, if you had any advice though for leaders who have faced conflict, maybe they're in the midst of it right now: disillusionment, disappointment, pain, grief, hurt, any of those any of those ugly things. Uh, what would that be? The first thing I would say is value the person first. Mm. Um, put the problem secondary um, because I think I think as as believers as leaders we need to have a mindset to resolve conflict as quickly as possible. Mm-hmm. We need you to have unity. Yep. Um, the second thing um, that I would say um, find someone in your life who can kind of bring some objectivity and some perspective maybe that you can't see right then when you're walking through a situation. Like a truth speaker. Like, so. yeah, somebody, a truth, yes, a truth speaker, someone kind of a mentor, someone uh, who can actually see things kind of from a 30,000 feet view that you uh-huh. can only see because you're right into it. You know, right. um, I think having someone that can speak truth to you mm. when, uh, when you and I are in things like, in situations like that is really crucial um, because not only does it give us perspective, but it helps us kind of ease our way into uh, emotional and and um, spiritual health, I think. Right, right. Um, making uh, just in a broader sense, what would you say is the greatest challenge for leaders in general? Today? Um, I think one of the greatest things, um, the greatest challenges, is that um, success looks different for everybody. Absolutely, and yep. being able to define what success is by mm-hmm. using your personal uniqueness, giftedness, and mm-hmm. talents. Um, I think another challenge is um, adapting to change. How do we map out change and what does it look like? What's it going to take for us to get there? That's another challenge. Um, I think another challenge I personally face is, and I need to do more of, is getting honest feedback from those what we are leading. Right. And being open to hear whatever. That's scary. It is. Constructive <laughs> criticism they might tell us. Mm. I think but when we think big, big picture and systematically, I think it has to be a, a crucial part of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I agree. But man, that's difficult. It's hard. We don't want to ask for that feedback that's sometimes, right. or when we ask, we we cringe because right. you know. But you're right because we can only grow and we can only improve the situation for everybody if they're being willing to tell Absolutely. us tell us how it and is. And I think so. also what it does it has it gives people ownership into whatever project you're 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 leading or investing in mm-hmm. uh, because when they know they actually have uh, a word or something of value to contribute, they tend to be more honest and open about it. Yeah, yeah, I think so. And uh, two things that I think I've learned from you through the years. One of the things I learned and that I use to this day, I use it with the team that I work with um, and in a lot of different situations is help me understand. Help me understand. I love that. I think it's so powerful to say, you know, okay, help me understand. It's, it's becoming a little bit vulnerable yes. and saying, I, I don't know everything here. Right. So please help me understand That's right. whatever this is, whatever your perspective is or what I've done wrong or whatever. Help me understand. So yes. I really like that. And another thing that I've learned from you and you said you listened to my Amy Roloff interview, right? Yes, uh-huh. 
All right. So I talked to her in there and I told her that, you know, I had met someone who, um, when you talk to them, they're the most important person in the room. Yes. Uh-huh. And um, that is you. Because oh. I, I, that is one of the best examples that you give because, I mean, I'll be honest, I am easily distracted. I have attention deficit. Everybody knows it. All my <laughs> friends knows it. My team knows it. My family definitely knows, knows it. it. Yeah. You know, Joy knows it. But I... Um, I have a hard time sometimes, and it's not that I'm I'm listening with the intent of not to listen to you, but sometimes I can get so easily distracted. But I do know that I've encountered people who, when they're listening, you know they're thinking about their rebuttal or mm-hmm. what they're going to say next, and I just never get that. I've never gotten that feeling from you, and I think that's probably part of that is also the counselor in you. Oh, I yes. know you got a counseling background, you know, in, in a lot of different ways, and um, you got a degree in that, don't you? I or, do. Okay, that's what I thought. That's what I thought. <laughs> I do. But um, but. You always, and so I guess that would be one of the tips that I've learned from you definitely would be listening for the sake of listening mm-hmm. to the other person, that mm-hmm. they are the most important person you're talking to in that mm-hmm. moment. And I, I, I've learned Thank from you. that. So you're welcome. Yeah. All right. So let's get away from challenge for a second yeah. and uh, tell me what your greatest, what's your greatest honor about oh, being a leader? That's easy to answer. Uh, the greatest honor I have is to see people really unleash their full purpose and their potential and whatever it is they're called to do. Mm-hmm. Um, I, my life mission is that. And so by watching people find kind of their niche mm-hmm. uh, and what they're really good at, that brings me the most honor and joy and pride uh-huh. to know that God might have used me in some sh- small little way to help them um, put them on a journey that would really impact lots of folks. Yeah, well, you know, service in the church and then working and higher ed, you probably get some opportunities to see people kind of... I'm very blessed yeah, every day. Yes, every day. It's really neat. So finally, you, what are you up to? Um, what are you up to these days? Uh, for people who don't know, we are actually doing this interview in Nancy's new business. Yes, we are. But I don't, I don't know enough about it. I mean, this is my first time here, and I just visited. And so um, my understanding is that you're still doing some speaking and leading and things like that, but now you're also a business owner. So tell us a little, about, a little bit about that. Well, um, one of the things I am doing, I'm still traveling and speaking to the women's groups. I have a real passion for teaching about discipleship, multiplication, mm-hmm. investing your life in others, mm-hmm. and so that they can invest in someone else. And so I'm still doing uh, a lot of traveling and speaking for the, for that, mm-hmm. um, which I'm really excited about. I've got some churches coming up I'm going to be speaking at. Um, now, let me just stop right there and just say, if you've never had a chance to listen to Nancy, um, very, very engaging, um, a lot of fun, very authentic. And, um, I mean, I've, I think I've brought you to a couple of the churches that we've you been have, at before yes, in the I've past. Had a great and, time. Yeah, so uh, you, did, you did really great. All right, so, okay, so you're doing some speaking and things. Yes, and then kind of the next thing I've just kind of engaged in because of just this role as a small business owner, uh-huh. uh, there is a leadership forum here in Knoxville for small business owners who are women. And so nice. I've been able to kind okay. of engage myself in that group. And so I'm learning just a lot about marketing and sharing your story and just relationships and networking. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm finding that those people that I'm meeting, really, we have a lot of the same purpose and passion and uh, our goals are the same. So we're trying to kind of pull our resources together to try to figure out how can we accomplish our goals, mm-hmm. you know, ho- holistically and um, that's been really exciting and I'll continue to help 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 make that happen. And that's really great. Why would that surprise me that you would find a group of <laughs> like-minded people and start trying to learn from other people who are doing yeah. the same things and building a platform from that and, and all that. So uh, you're just taking leadership to, into a different area. That's really cool. I'm, I'm really proud of you. Well, thank you. It's really earning the right to be heard yes. in, in whatever role that you're in, yes. whatever environment you're uh-huh. in. Exactly. And so that's, it's really exciting to see how uh, mm-hmm. God has really kind of put that team of folks together and mm-hmm. they, it keeps growing. 
and uh, just trying to what we're trying to do to make an impact in our city. Yeah. Well, and regardless of your your business or your organization or whatever, we all have a platform and we all have things to say and we all have a message. I hope people have a message. Yes. I mean, you know, to share. And so that's really cool. Yes. That's really neat. Thank you. Yeah. It's exciting. Yeah. So um, tell me what you're reading these days or who you're following or, you know, what you're doing to stay inspired. Right. Well, uh, I'm a big Craig Groeschel fan. Oh, uh, me too. <laughs> yeah. Yes. I read him. Uh, and also uh, Brene Brown. Mm-hmm. I'm really inspired by her as yes. her being a female leader uh-huh. and really being impactful, not only in the business sector, but in faith-based organizations as well. Um I'm reading a lot of Jenny Allen right now. She has a uh, resource called Ruthless. Mm. Uh, just about being pursuing the things that you're really made to pursue is mm-hmm. really exciting. Uh, and I'll, I'll kind of go old school on you a little bit. Mm-hmm. I'm a big, big, big uh, Bill Hybels fan. Are you? He, okay. He is an experienced leader who's been around a long time. Mm-hmm. But I think even though he's been seasoned and he's experienced in leadership, I think the things he's experienced, just even in kind of the last years of his leadership, mm-hmm. uh, really have profound things for growing and emerging leaders like myself and yeah. you. Yes. Well, you know, huge, huge um he has just really impacted so many things. Yes. I mean, in faith-based world and elsewhere. Yes, I mean, missions globally, globally yes, and things like that. So, yeah, yeah. yeah that, I don't think that's so old school. I think yeah. that's great. It's, it's the fact that he is still doing a relevant work. Yes, absolutely. You know, yes. so uh-huh. I like yes. that. Um, so how do people connect with you if they want to know more about you or get to know you more? You can find me on Facebook, uh, Nancy okay. L. Hamilton, and you can find me on Twitter as well as Instagram. Okay. Yeah. All right. I'm in all those places too. So yeah. um, any closing thoughts anything you want to share with anybody who's out there who might be listening anything you want to share okay Uh, well i would like to just say i just thanks so much for being let me be on today yeah but if there's anything i can say to anybody out there who's listening i would say do whatever you can to find your passion Mm. Um, because uh, when you find your passion you'll never work a day in your life right really when you really invest in people it's really what's going to matter eternally Mm. and so that's one thing and then um I would say be someone who cheers someone else on. Mm-hmm. Uh, find that person who, no matter what happens, you're there cheering them on. I had a friend who used to sign his cards in your corner cheering loudly. Oh, I love that. And I think it's just a beautiful picture uh, of someone kind of in the stands of someone's life, watching their life unfold to encourage and support them in whatever ways that they best can. Mm, that's awesome. You know, um, just in the last couple of years, uh, I've sort of, I've just kind of determined that um, one of the best things that I can do to make a difference is to help other people make theirs. Yes, absolutely. You know, make a difference, helping somebody else make their difference. And then when you get that focus off of you, right? You know, and I think that's uh, uh, leaders. We struggle with that sometimes. We do, yes. You know, and so when you finally realize it is not about me, right? You know, let's talk Rick Warren now. That's right. You know, it's, it's not about you. Yes. But um, when we realize that it's not about us and we start focusing on other people and just loving people and helping people make their difference, um, lots of doors open. That's right. That's exactly I've right. I've been really amazed. When you think about, too, um, I think about my grandmother's words of wisdom so many years ago, leave people better than you found them. Mm. Um, at the end of your life, what kind of legacy are you going to leave to those around you? Yeah, um, I love that. And I think when you invest time, energy, and effort into someone's life, you can't help but see positive results from it. Awesome. Hey, thanks for, I, I can't, I can't, I have to leave it there because that's just a beautiful way oh, to end this. Thank but you so thanks much. so much for being with me today. Thank you. It's been an I honor. Thank it. you, Chester. I appreciate it. And that's Nancy Hamilton, folks. I uh, really appreciate her uh, leadership and her thoughtfulness and uh, just the the very uh, relevant and purposeful, what, intentional way that she lives. If you haven't had a chance to check her out, find her on Instagram or Twitter or Facebook and, uh, and try to connect with her. If you ever get a chance to hear her speak, I think you will definitely be blessed there as well. So, um, and just like 
you can get connected with Nancy, I would love for you to get connected with me. Uh, you can find me on Twitter. It's just Chester W. Goad on Twitter. That's my primary. Uh, I love Twitter. And uh, and then also Instagram, uh, Facebook, and those types of things as well. Um, but in the meantime, what I would like for you to do is to just keep learning, keep living, keep loving, and keep leading. And um, just, like I said, just make a difference helping other people make theirs. And we'll see you back here on the Leader Bite in the next episode. See you guys. Thanks for listening to the Leader Bite podcast, bite-sized conversations about leadership, learning, and life. Keep the conversation going at chestergo.com or on your favorite social media because leadership is a conversation worth having.